Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. All right, guys, you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Positive. Yeah. Positive. I know you guys are a little tired, a little... Man, let me tell you, we were supposed to fly out uh, like at 2 p.m. yesterday from San Jose, and we would get here midnight because there's a time difference or whatever, get some sleep, and then meet with you. Our pl- I never... A delay. It was a delay of like, I don't know how many hours. We ended up taking off at 10 p.m. So... It, was our, it was our connecting flight. We had a flight that we were supposed to hop... We were supposed to go from San Jose to Dallas, from Dallas over to here... And it was our connecting flight from Dallas that got pushed back. So then that fucked up the whole trip. Yeah. So there's no sleep. So we're, we're on fumes right now. All yeah. right. Yeah. Sweet. Fumes. That's the best way. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good thing we're fit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good thing we're fit. We can handle it. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to uh, talk about the five M's of manhood. And okay. I just want to know your guys' journey. We're going to actually talk about everything, I think, right? Yeah. Whatever you uh, want, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about podcasting, YouTubing. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I want to know how you guys just came out of the scene, came out of the scene out of nowhere. I mean, I just started hearing about you guys like all the time. Was it good stuff or bad stuff or yeah, both? Yeah, really good things. Okay, I good. was told oh, okay. to be careful. I was told to off the rails uh, a I guess bit. we have a lot of mutual friends. I'm sure their names will come up as we go. And, uh, you know, I always admire guys who are real, mm-hmm. uh, guys who are doing their thing. And uh, the first thing that really caught my attention is that you guys, you know, three dudes, you guys are working together. And I would love to kind of know how you guys figured out how you guys can lean on each other, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a good question, right? Because That's so many guys one. you can team up with. So yeah, how did you guys figure out that you could lean on each other? That's a, that's a, mm. that's a very good question because um, anybody who's ever done business with with partners will tell you that it's very, very difficult. Like selecting a partner is almost like who you're going to marry, mm. you know? Um, it goes really well when they all listen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the only thing we don't like about Adam. <laughs> it he talks like that. No, no. You know, all joking aside, um, it is a very difficult process, but luckily we all met, actually, believe it or not, we all met each other as a group right before we started the podcast. So it's not like yeah. we were lifelong friends or anything mm. like that, but we were all in our mid thirties. We'd all run gyms and had staffs mm. and had experienced business in the past. And we've heard of each other before. We knew of mm. each other. Um, at Justin and Adam worked together. Um, I had worked with Doug together, but we didn't know all of us didn't know each other. And something that I learned early, you know, that I learned through trial and error in business is one of the most important things for me. And it may, it may not be for everybody, but for me is, integrity, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and for me, that's part. there's two parts of that equation, right? One part is I want to work with people who are honest with me. But the other side of that equation is I want to work with people that I can be brutally honest with, or at least I'm going to be brutally honest. Yeah. And if they can accept that, then we can be partners. If they can't, then whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this is the, the short version of it, but I got on the phone with Adam because I had created a, a program. It's actually our first fitness program called MAPS Anabolic, mm-hmm. which is wildly successful now. Mm-hmm. We got on the phone, talked about that, and within 30 minutes decided a podcast would be a great idea. And we all we scheduled time to all sit in a room and talk about this. And I remember going to it was at Adam's house. I remember driving there and thinking to myself, 
I'm going to be as honest as possible about what I want to do, this, what I think the state of the fitness, the state of the fitness industry is in mm. and the direction I think it's going to go and the direction mm. I want to take it. And I'm going to be as honest as possible. And I sat down and just went off and mm. expected, you know, funny looks or whatever. But instead, what I, what I saw was mm. uh, smiles. Mm. I saw, you know, they were saying things like, man, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Then they yeah. would start talking. Mm. And all of us just valued that you know, integrity so much. And, you know, here we are three years later and a day hasn't gone by where I'm not grateful for working with these guys. I mean, we have our differences, but the cool thing about it is at the end of the day, we just want to find the the right answers and we want to succeed. And it doesn't matter who comes up with the well, solution. Well, I think we were equally fed up with the industry, right? I think we were equally mm-hmm. kind of fed up with the, 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 the common message that we had heard in the industry. I mean, we'd all been a part of this now for 15 to 20 years and I remember, I remember in my mid twenties, you know, finally looking back and and just kind of like, you know, we'd had all these accolades for sales and had been the top best guy here, mm-hmm. and so I was known as like one of the best guys in the area. And I remember reflecting back and like looking at my clientele and going like, well, if I'm like the number one dude, how come I'm only getting like twenty percent or less of my clients like the results? Mm-hmm. And that's really the numbers. And a lot of that is because most of what was driven or that was taught to us was to kind of push at everybody's insecurities to sell them more training mm. or to sell them more supplements. Twist the knife. Right. Yep. And and so I think a lot of the passion that we have on the show comes from a lot of the mistakes and the shit that we used to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, uh, that's, the, that's the honest truth is, you know, we grew up uh, working in uh, for a company, 24-Hour Fitness, the first company ever to reach a billion dollars in revenue. And we were a part of it during the heydays. So, you know, our, our first, um, you know, example of fitness was that. And I think a lot of the, the success was tied to, you know, what you did in sales and revenue. And I think most of us started to piece that together as we got older. And that's kind of the whole, the whole industry. I mean, there's this, this formula of you build a network of people. Once you have a network of people, then, you know, you sell them supplements every single month and that's how you make a lot of money. And what Mm -hmm. we found out was, you know, let's be honest, the average person that you train, uh, the difference of them taking their branch chain amino acids or creatine or this really wasn't making the biggest mm-hmm. difference. It was the psychological piece that- right. It wasn't addressing the root. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't addressing the root of, of why people, I mean, look, let's, let's face the facts, right? We're in the middle of an exploding um, health epidemic. It's mm-hmm. not just obesity. We have autoimmune mm-hmm. issues. We have diabetes we have mental health now is becoming uh, another uh, issue because anxiety depression i hear it every day all the time and it's because mental health and physical health and emotions all the same right it's all mm-hmm. it's a human mm-hmm. organism and but so yeah we keep like getting stuff. smarter that's the part that's so that's so right. crazy yeah, right? yeah. Right. so and and here's the thing like the fitness and health industry should be the answer mm-hmm. right it should be the answer to all of these problems instead what we found is it's part of the problem mm-hmm. they're they're promoting and pushing information that isn't solving any problems. In mm. fact, it's causing more problems. We see, look, I'll tell you what, if you're hardcore into fitness, if you work in gyms, you work with trainers, or if you compete, right? You work with bikini competitors, physique competitors, you will see more eating disorders in that world mm-hmm. than you will in the in the, in the the regular world. Mm-hmm. And so fitness just wasn't the answer. We also saw this these camps in mm. fitness. And right. two of the biggest camps were you know, on the one side, you had performance and aesthetics. So you had your bodybuilders or people who want to perform really well or people who just want to look ripped. And on the other side, you had wellness and health, but, you know, they don't look the part mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And what we saw was there's a lot of crossover. Not only that, but 
they're actually the same camp. Mm. And so our goal was to meld wellness and fitness and performance together because they benefit each other. And it actually addresses the root, yeah. and which the root that is. That was actually our, our main focus. Like in the beginning, we figured out that like uh, we could identify that both of those were the major, that's sort of the spectrum. You have the one end is, is your wellness. You have the other end, that's the performance, but there's nothing guiding people towards health specifically. Mm. And so... We're like, why? Why can't we we take people on that journey? Why can't we bring them to to a, a place where it actually looks more like how we're training one on one clients? And uh, you know, the message was just so far away from that. And uh, all these different camps. I mean, they, there was truth to a lot of these different camps. There's there's truth in CrossFit. There's truth in bodybuilding. There's there's lots of gems you can take from mm-hmm. each one of those different modalities. But at the same time, um, you know, it's not leading people towards a healthier lifestyle. And so our goal was to really just kind of highlight certain ways of doing things and adding mobility, adding, um, you know, gut health and, and being focused on that. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And and all these different things that like they've never even heard of before. And so that was like uh, one of the biggest passions that sort of drove us in, in, in the direction mind pump went. Now to be quite honest, Mm -hmm. uh, a a piece of our success, a big piece of our success was that we were, and still are fearless. And what I mean by that is not necessarily not afraid, but fearless in the sense that we're going to speak, uh, what we believe in our truth. I thought he was going to say his shirtless helpies. That's what I thought. Yeah, he was exactly. say. Oh, those, those <laughs> I mean, I thought that was the direction he was going yeah, no, right there. Right? No, so, a little no. spike. To be completely <laughs> honest, yeah, right? yeah. most no, of our success has come from Sal taking his shirt off and writing long posts about... Yeah. If you go back in my Instagram far enough, you'll see those. But no, rea- the, 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 the truth Every is... Day, right? the true Three formula, times a day. right there. Right. The truth is whenever you en- enter into an industry, and we'll talk, we're, we're in fitness, so we can talk about that. There's There are things you don't, it's unsaid, right? But there's things you don't tackle. You don't talk about. Mm. You don't talk about the bullshit. You don't call people out for selling crap because then you're going to screw your your chances of succeeding because you're- Because then they can't trust anyone. Right. And right. so, but uh, I mean, we turn the mics on and we just go mm-hmm. and we speak our truth mm-hmm. and you know, we pissed some people off in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it resonated. A lot yeah. of people listen were like, holy shit, I'm glad- People weren't people getting that message. Out. You know, they, they were just hearing the same old formula the whole time. Every, everything was about addressing insecurities. So whatever the insecurity was, we have, an, we have a pill, we have a, a quick solution for you and this is what it looks like. Well, what? what you guys are really talking about is like how you raise a child mm. you know how do you raise a child you tell them what not to do don't do this don't do that you guys have you have kids right i do yeah. uh-huh. do any of you guys have a, i'm the only one that doesn't you don't okay you've yeah. got oh, that kids we know about right? awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's Anybody the same you raise it's the same way you would raise a five-year-old don't do this that's bad you know and how do you raise an adult you don't tell them what not to do you tell them what to do and it sounds like you guys have really figured that out at the start. You've wanted to educate people. You've wanted to give them substance. You wanted to give them nutrient-dense information that they can actually chew on. And I feel like today, the guys that are doing the best from my circle are the guys that truly are trying to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it's a, it's an angle. It's just, it's truly the best story to right. tell. It's the, it's yeah. the, the time is now to be that way because transparency is king now. Fitness has been around for long enough and people are becoming privy to some of the bullshit, mm-hmm. the, the 30-day transformations yeah. and the, this, you know, the fit tees and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so people are a little bit more, more privy mm-hmm. to it. But there's another side to it, and that's mm-hmm. this. And that's something that we packaged together almost on accident. Although we mm-hmm. knew we were doing it, it wasn't something that we necessarily planned for uh, you know, as, we, as we were 
performing, and that's this, and that's if you want to communicate ideas and information effectively, you have to be a little entertaining, or at least people have yeah. to want to listen to you. Big mm-hmm. time. Because there's a lot of podcasts out there with good information, science, there's scientists, there's PhDs on podcasts. And you know, I would listen to them because I'm super hardcore into fitness and I find that inf- you know that information interesting. Yeah. But the average person is going to hear that and be like, this is fucking boring. Let me turn this off. Yeah. So, you know, you can communicate if you can communicate one basic idea, but do it in a way where people actually absorb it, listen to it, and it affects them. You're way more effective than if you commun- communicate a hundred ideas, but it doesn't really affect anybody. And entertainment is part of that, and it's been proven time and time again. Well, it's funny because if you look on YouTube, some of the biggest fitness channels they have figured this out early on, and they and they're not. I think Cavalier might be like the unicorn where he's only doing fitness, and he's only done fitness since day one. But if you look at other big channels. They've really figured out how to combine both worlds. So you look at, you know, Bro Science Life, he's combined fitness and comedy. Mm-hmm. You look at Furious Pete, he's combined fitness and eating challenges. You look at uh, Connor McGregor, he's con- uh, Connor Murphy. 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 Oh, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he's combined fitness and like girls dating pickup, right? And and I kind of figured that out early too that I need to speak more than I need to speak to more than just fitness. Sounds like you guys figure that out right at the get-go to combine these different elements that people are after. And you know, now I've combined the five M's. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about muscle mindset, money, marriage, mission. And men are really embracing this message because I think we're really moving away from the one dimensional human being. Mm. And people have really like realized like, yeah, fitness is just like a stepping stone. It's just like, it can get me stuff. And um, you guys are trying to really help people, I think, to get away from wrapping your identity around just like a one dimensional you know, ab guy or CrossFit guy, or like I eat this kind of way kind of guy. It's like, guys, fitness can either take away from you or it can give back to you. And, and, but when you start telling the truth, people can start stripping away all the BS, all the biases, all the camps and all that and kind of figure out, yeah, why did I get into this in the first place? Well, health is, so you talk about fitness and I like to use the word, we like to say health or wellness. And the reason why we say it is not because we're, you know, fitness is a bad word, but because fitness typically means performance, right? Mm, Physical performance. Sure. When you're talking about health, when you're talking about health, uh, health encompasses everything, right? Internal, yeah. It's your connections with people. It's your emotional state. Mm. It's your physical health, which includes mobility and strength. And, you know, your, your, it includes sleep. It includes how you eat, but not just eating healthy for your physical body, but actually eating healthy for your emotional self and your connections. Like there's times like there's times when I'm with family and, you know, we're celebrating something. And at that moment, it might be healthy for me to enjoy lasagna because this is homemade meal and it's not something that I eat all the time. Right. And sometimes that's not healthy for me. And so that's really what it's all about. We talk a lot about that and our expertise is fitness. So if we're going to comment on things and give advice in very specific ways, it's going to be fitness related, but we're also going to give our opinion on a lot of other things that we're not necessarily experts on. But we do know that, first of all, they, 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 they're important to us, but we also know how important they are to you know, to total health. Hey, I got a question. So you guys are working together as a team and you guys talked about being fearless. Um, And it's an interesting conversation. We could talk about that for a long time. I've personally found like you'll always be scared, but the secret isn't, I think Jordan Peterson talks about this. The secret isn't trying to not be scared, but to be more brave. Mm. But bravery is like a muscle. You've got to build it. 
right? So you guys have obviously built up your bravery muscles by approaching certain conversations. I tried that back in the day. I don't know if you guys know, but there was like about a one to two year window when I was on YouTube, I started this series called Ask the Skinny Guy Savior. And I would answer like freaking 20 questions in five minutes. Mm. Guess how that went, (laughs) right? So you start getting yourself into a lot of trouble. And I was doing like five episodes a week. So I'm like rapid fire answering these questions. So all of a sudden you're contradicting yourself. You're, you know, saying stuff that you would never say to people if they were sitting there with you. I started getting myself into trouble. I didn't have any quality control. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden I've picking fights and then, you know, a couple people spread it to, Hey, look, uh, send it to their uh, guru. Hey, look what so-and-so said. Next thing you know, he shares it. Next thing you know, your name's getting run through the mud and you're like, shoot, should I punch back? Should I retract that? Should I take the video down? And I went through about a two year window where I had no one running quality control on my business. Mm. And it's kind of like Nike. If they put out a bad pair of shoes, what do they do? They take them off, Mm. you know? And, And I didn't have anybody to say, Vinny, you might want to take that video down. It's not really helping you. And I was picking fights uh, for out of the speed. Now, let me say this clearly that a lot of the things that I was like picking fights with, I did believe and I was like fully believe them, but it was coming from a spirit of like negativity. It was coming from a spirit of trying to get the view. I was mm. trying to get clicks. I was mm. trying to get attention. I got attention, but I got the wrong attention. So right. I would love to know your whole experience with like picking fights or going after topics from a spirit of genuine, like we have to say something here, guys. Mm-hmm. I think I think the strategy was to to not go after it like we were trying to pick a fight, right? right. Like I think that, and, and like we were trying to get attention. Obviously, we knew that that's it, a byproduct, right? Yeah, we knew that if we come out and said that we had a problem with CrossFit, that we were going to ruffle a bunch of feathers, right? But I think the way we always have positioned ourselves. Um, I, I don't know. We just have not got a lot of hate, not the average, like is like compared to the average, probably podcast or guys that ruffle feathers. Now, I think some of that has to do with the dynamic between the three of us, because we don't always fucking agree. Yeah. So maybe we get on a topic that, you know, when you're by yourself, that you're passionately, you know, going after somebody. Well, one one of us three will see that in an episode and we'll always counter it just because of that. So there's times where, hmm. Sal will say something that I agree with inside, but I know what the audience is thinking. He'll just do devil's advocate. So awesome. So I'll play devil's advocate and I'll challenge him. And then what I love is that, you know, and a lot of people really enjoy this part of the show is that they love to hear him articulate himself and his argument. And you could hear me kind of debate him. Uh And so I'm kind of given what everybody's probably thinking and then the way he explains himself. So I think we're, we're very lucky that we have three because that, cause I can't imagine being by myself. I know for sure I would have pissed a fucking ton of people off. I already have that polarizing personality. And then my cameraman doesn't work out. So he doesn't know, he can't run quality control because he doesn't know like, (laughs) I'm like, how did that sound? He's like, good job. Yes, boss. Keep it going, boss. (laughs) Good video, boss. That was good fitness information. Yeah. Idea. Well, you, here's the thing. <clears throat> okay, everybody knows what they're against. Okay, mm. but not everybody knows what they're for. There's mm. a big difference. Now, if we start the podcast and we're like, we're against all this other stuff over here, um, that's a very different sounding message. It comes from a different space. Mm. We knew right off the bat from day one what we were for, mm. and what we were for was combining wellness, health. And fitness and aesthetics. We were we. we our goal was to combine well, that all of help, those things. Ha- helping people get to the root cause of why That's why it. they're at where they're at. Right That's now. it. So and, when we start the podcast, we know what we're for. So if we if somebody asks us a question about something, 
And uh, it, it's not necessarily to go against that particular topic. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. we know what we're for. So, right. so, so we'll use the example of CrossFit. You know, early on, that was one of our first episodes. It was actually one of the first viral ones that we had. And, you know, we were talking about exercise programming. Mm-hmm. And we, we know what we're for. We're for people actually improving. We are for good exercise programming. That's what we excel in, mm-hmm. is, is putting together programs and making them work for people. And we knew that a lot of the CrossFit programming that was out there was absolute rubbish. It was total garbage, and people were getting hurt because the programming was terrible. So we talked about that on the show, and so we were not anti or against CrossFit. We were against, we were for good programming, and we were talking about the negatives. We also talked about all the positives of CrossFit, and of course, since over the last three years, the changes and improvements that they've made has been pretty astounding. But we make our case, we make it clear. And uh, we stand by it, and and it, you know, it did we look? We did ruffle some feathers. I mean, sure. we had the CrossFit headquarters well, we contact just us. We had real, supplement companies yeah, come after it. us. So <laughs> we just <laughs> take a real Holy good cow. look at like a lot of these ideas, and and we're not afraid to criticize uh, the ideas. And I, right. I feel like a lot of people can be, I mean, because CrossFit became sort of this 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 juggernaut, this sort of. Um, you know, bully in a sense, and they would go after people. And so there was this, there was this weird kind of energy where people wouldn't, they would, they would say things and sort of jab at them, but they wouldn't go all in. Like they wouldn't say like what they really felt about like, well, I don't really think that, you know, snatching overhead after sprinting is a good idea. And no, like people were afraid to like, even like just criticize that. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that it it brings. And and that's the other part to like when we we pick fights is we always highlight things that we do agree with as well. So, you know, and and some good things that they brought to the industry. Well, we don't come from a self-righteous place. I think that a lot of people that pick fights like that come from a very self-righteous place when the podcast is very humanizing where we – share a lot of the the shit that we did. Like, yeah. I mean, I tried CrossFit. I did yep. all this. I programmed where I just did circuit-based workouts for my clients. I did all that stuff. So I think that's also another thing when we, when we talk about stuff, it's not, hey, here we are sitting in our little ivory tower talking about all these other people that are doing shit bad and look at us. This is the way to do things. It was, ne- it's never been like that. It's been like, listen, we're trying to get this message, you guys, because man, we made a lot of mistakes for many, many years ourselves. And I wish there was somewhere I could listen to where some guy would share me, share all his knowledge like this. So I think that's part of why we can get away with everything that we get away with is where we come from. I think what's beautiful about it too is you guys are giving yourself permission to evolve and change your mind. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll change my mind and people will say, oh, you're contradicting yourself. I said, no, I learned something new. What's your point? Or I'll just come back and say, what's your point? Right. What's your point? You, you changed your mind, Vince. Yeah, what's your point? Yeah. You've never changed your mind before? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, we used to do that. We're growing, man. Look, yeah. Get on the bus. We're leaving. We're moving forward. And people don't embrace this like... Like when you set yourself up as we're on this journey with you, we're not like so, so, so far ahead of you. Your position is, hey, our lifestyles, what we have is attainable. People want to come along and like they give you permission to, as long as you say, yeah, I was wrong about that. And actually I did a video where I took down 20 of my videos on one of my day in the lives. Oh, wow. And I came out and I told my audience, I said, you know, these videos I put up a while ago, you guys all saw me get run through the mud. Um, yeah, that was my fault. Mm-hmm. That was my fault. Those weren't haters. I was picking on their nutritional approach from a negative standpoint. These videos don't need to be up anymore. And uh, I took them down. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and from that day forward, I only put out content from where I felt like I was trying to help people and it just attracted better people into Did my world. Did it affect world. your business pro- in, a, in a positive way? Uh, it definitely, 
it definitely made me feel better. And it also it definitely, I think, put me up, you know, where now people are expecting me to put out a higher quality of content. Mm. And I told my audience, now I've got quality control on my team. I had people look at this stuff before it went up. I had people read the articles. I had people review the programs. Mm. And uh, I even had people read all my sales pages. Mm. And I've high, I have like, it goes through a couple sets of eyes where people, I tell them, I need you to go through the sales page. And if we can't back up any claim with a footnote, it comes out. Same thing with my book. I hired a girl. She's called the fact finder. She, she had to find, she's like, Vince, I can't back this statement up. It comes out of the book. Mm. And I tell people that because it puts me up on a pedestal now as a higher level of to, for people to be able to trust. So, yeah. and it, the crookies fall where they fall. And, and I feel like it's only worked out because I've attracted better people into my life, much more savvy, much more like my audience used to be like 18 to 25 year old guys. It's more like 25 to 45 year old men mm-hmm. and guys who are coming along, not just for a 30 day program, but they're signing up for the 12 monther and like they're coming on for life. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming to the live events because like, I can trust this guy. He's on the journey. Mm-hmm. He's willing to make mistakes. And I think what, you know, that's what you guys are doing really that's well. That's how you become invincible. The way you become mm. invincible in social media, because social media, and this is all social media, right? All, all, all the stuff that we're doing is based through you know, either YouTube or podcasts or Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And it's brutal. It is brutal if you get into this business mm. in the sense that you are going to get hammered by people. There's trolls. It can be pretty mm-hmm. nasty. And really, the way you make yourself invincible, here's a little secret to your audience if you think about doing this for a business. Make fun of yourself before they can. Yeah. <laughs> that that makes you invincible. Like, if, what are you going to say to me that I haven't said right. about myself? My nose is big. Tell yeah. me something I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> be, be, super, uh, be super, super transparent and honest. And that's it. The more real you are, the more untouchable you are. Because I do see a lot of people in fitness who create this facade. Yeah. Like, this is who I am and I'm this yeah. person. And if there's Superhero a chink in that armor, syndrome. you're yeah, you're fucked. You're you're, yeah. you're you're in a bad space. So that's something we did from uh, you know the beginning. I call this. Um, I learned this from one of my coaches, Craig Ballantyne, and he calls it controlling the narrative. And I think he learned it from Jay Z or somebody in the media. That's a political thing. Politi- politicians do that, by the way. That's a smart way to keep yourself it, safe. I, when I put out an arm video on building bigger arms, first thing I say is. First of all, don't tell me I've got small arms. That's the point of this video. I'm trying to figure out how to get bigger arms. <laughs> I sw- like, tell me something I don't know. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I got small calves. Wow, good job, oh, Sherlock. The calf I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are always. A and go-to. so when you control yeah. the narrative and you just lead with your weak points, you're like, oh yeah, that's good point. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I can relate to this guy because I've got weak points now too. I feel like that's one of the most powerful traits when you can control the narrative and you can lead with, um, even like in marketing, they always say lead with the biggest objection first, like the yeah. big elephant. You just lead with that because you know what they're thinking. Right. Let's get that out of the room right away. And now when we're on the same page, now we can maybe have a good conversation maybe. Mm-hmm. takes a lot of confidence to do that. takes a lot yep. of confidence and humility to do that. Not a lot of guys, especially in the fitness industry, have this ability. because weird. Well, a lot of us are driven from our insecurities. Another thing that we talk about on the show a lot is we're very open and honest about what motivated us to get into health and fitness. Hmm. And, you know, all of us know that it's rooted in some deep insecurities, being not being big enough, not being strong hmm. enough, not looking a certain way. And if when you start, the deeper you get into the fitness industry and the, even the most successful guys and girls in it, most of them, you they leveraged off their insecurities and that's what made them really, really successful at fitness. And so even though they're now in a position of giving advice, they're still battling a lot of those insecurities. So, you know, it's rare to find a guy that like yourself who has put that together and then actually can come from a place like that because most of them are still battling their insecurities. Oh man, fitness is 
full of just just egos. Dude, I, I mean, can't it's go, crazy. I can't go to the expos fest. anymore. Like I used to go to the Olympia. I used to go to the Arnold. I can't go there anymore because I meet some of these guys, and and they all think that you're out to get something from them, as if they're God's gift to the world, yeah. as if I haven't been doing well before I met them. Right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm doing fine with or without you. I'm just right. asking you if you want to partner on a video together. And I'm right. asking you to get married, right. and they think that you're out to like. Okay, man. And they just keep their cards so close to their chest. Like, I'm secure. an open book. You guys could ask me anything you want. You know, that's why guys they come to Don't me. Don't worry, we will when we interview you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll test that. Test we'll me test out. That yeah. one. There you go. Put so you on the fire. And that's why I said that. So you guys, I can be continued test continually to be tested, right? So you just put that message out there and then people say, oh, right, let's see if he actually means that. But um, yeah, I guess it's maybe a scarcity mentality. Maybe yeah. they haven't mm-hmm. been around enough people to realize there's enough for everyone. Well, well yeah. the scarcity mentality is is common among all a lot of competitors in any kind of industry, but in fitness in particular, because it's combined with uh, just these fragile egos. Mm-hmm. Like you got, yeah. I mean, you go to the, you know, you know, you talk to people in the industry who, who you know own a supplement company or a fitness company. And they're still trying to wear the tight shirt, and I right. gotta, you know, and I'm afraid of how you're gonna make me look, and I gotta posture up to you when I talk to you, and yeah. especially, it's funny too because we've met a few people who aren't like that. For example, Mike Matthews, great freaking guy, super confident yeah. dude. Oh, you guys know Mike too? Oh, yeah. love him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely love him. But there's a lot of them we meet, and we're super comfortable and confident. We don't give a shit. We'll talk about whatever. We'll, you know, and uh, we make people really uncomfortable. It's and it's it's hilarious to watch because you'll see them posture more and mm. more and more and we it's almost like we want to tell them like yo man you can relax like you know, <laughs> we don't get anything we else. really don't care yeah. let's, let's just enjoy ourselves and have a good conversation but this industry is it's, it's full of it and yeah you do see it at the fitness conventions mm-hmm. quite a bit um but again i think the tide is starting to turn a little bit i think you're starting to see i always wonder if it really is turning or that's just be, that's us in our little <laughs> yeah. own, in our own bubble. Our little podcast bubble yeah our own yeah. little bubble maybe and we, th- we think that it's changing for the good because you know? the, the expos are a lot of the same let's <laughs> yeah. be honest oh. it, it, i describe it i mean every single year it's it's the same circus different clowns yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much it's just, and, and again, I think Same the main shit, thing, different diaper. yeah, you just have to quickly realize that <laughs> if you're in joke. that world, you're dispensable. Mm. You really are very dispensable. Mm. And heck, um, ask Ben Pakulski. He stood in front of my audience uh, just like two weeks ago here in Tampa, 60 guys. And he said, I would still be a dumb meathead bodybuilder if it wasn't for meeting this guy. And I asked him like, what do you really want to do with your bodybuilding? And Ben told me back in 2000. And 11, when we met up at Gold's Gym, by the way, I don't know if you guys know, but we went to university together. Oh, no oh, shit. Yeah, we went to school together. You guys go that far back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? We, we had mutual friends back then. And this is when he was just getting into bodybuilding and mm. he was starting to develop the reputation as the guy who was doing like crazy 10 sets of 10 squat workouts. I never even heard of that before. 10 <laughs> sets of 10. Yeah. Just and uh, this was back yeah. in the day when I was Skinny Vinny. I was still a little runner trying to find my way around the gym. That was your nickname? Skinny Vinny. Yeah. Skinny Vinny. That's yeah. That's so, um, and, uh, Anyways, we reconnected. I hired him as my coach to um, help me get my pro card as a fitness model 2011. And he told me he wanted to be a public speaker. He wanted to be an educator. And he really just wanted to use his bodybuilding as a way to help educate people on how he's built his body because he's been very blessed to meet some brilliant, brilliant people, not in the bodybuilding world, who've like really influenced his way to train, which in turn influenced my way of training. And um, we just realized like we got to create... 
a name for yourself around more than just being a guy with huge legs and huge shoulders. And he, he figured he got that right away. He fig- he's like, yeah. And we started teaching his methodology and now he's got this amazing yeah, well, that's how, brand. That's how, that's how he got me was when I got into bodybuilding. So I got into men's physique, what, four or five years ago. And uh, up until that point, I had no passion for bodybuilding. I didn't give a shit who was in it. I didn't follow any of it. But once I was in it, now I was curious to, okay, who's doing what? Who's the really smart guys? And, you know, as, as I was climbing up the ranks, I was recognizing really quick that there, in my peers weren't really a lot of these smart guys. And I thought, uh-huh. there's got to be somebody in this professional, you know, arena that's really, really good, really knows their shit. And that's how I found Ben. I was like, this was the first like big bodybuilder guy that I felt the message that he was delivering and that was giving yeah, was, was on science whole, behind his message. Yeah, it was it, exactly. It was it was science based. It was good information, and so I latched on to a lot of his stuff early on. So that's exactly how uh, we originally got connected. He's also that, right? he's also, and you'll meet people like this sometimes, or not very often, but you will. Where you meet people in your space, and rather than looking at you as a threat, they look at you as a you know, either not a partner, but not in the literal sense, like an ally, gonna, just as an ally. an ally. And, and, you know, there's two mentalities in business. And one of them is there's only so much. And so I got to protect what I have. And right. the other mentality is as the industry grows, all of us are going to do better. Now, economically speaking, if you actually look at how markets work, that's very true. For example, we're in podcasting, right? We have one of the top fitness podcasts on mm-hmm. iTunes. We've done pretty well up until now. And people are entering into the fitness podcast world, the podcast world, quite a bit now. It's actually becoming a thing. We're starting to see this explosion of podcasters. Now, if another group or another person entered into the fitness podcast space and exploded, and what I mean by exploded is they went mainstream, like Joe Rogan style, we would, I wouldn't look at that as a threat. I'd be excited because yeah. there's more eyes now looking at fitness podcasting, and I know by just through osmosis, so I'm going to get more customers. This is when I when I used to run gyms, it was the same thing. If I had a gym and I'm running this 30,000 square foot facility and I see another popular gym open up down the street, I know some of their advertising is going to bring me customers. Now it's my job to close those customers to be at my gym. Right. And I never looked at it as a scarcity yeah. mindset. And, and, and Ben is, is one of those people. When we met with Ben, it was like, share what you got. He shared what he has. Let's see how we can help each other. We're not business partners. We just know that it benefits everybody. It's amazing because- you know, I always gain this insight from being uh, in track and field in my high school days when I my coach put me in the fast heat in the 1500 meters and I quickly realized I was going to come dead last. And he said, do you want to win the slow heat or do you want to run a personal best in the fast heat? And that's when I quickly looked at competition oh, as their friend. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking to the podcast, I mean, you know, ultimately, yeah, the more eyes on you, the better. And if you can work together... I mean, how, how is that detrimental? Like, here's the, here's the deal. At the end of the day, people are going to figure out who you are with my help or without my help. Right. You know, that's why I look at competition. This guy's going somewhere with or without me. I'd rather them by my side than not by my side. And something else I discovered, something really quirky about fitness people. Let me ask you guys, when you guys were younger, did you guys collect just one muscle magazine or did oh, you yeah. get them all? all? Had them all. Yeah. Muscle and fitness. Oh, yeah. I them all. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man. Iron Muscle Le- Media 2000. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but you've got one work. You only need one workout. You're only going through one workout at a time. Why do you need multiple magazines? Yeah, well, you want to learn as much as possible. <laughs> right? You want to learn everything. But, you know, too bad though, back then, right? All those magazines were all, uh, you know, sponsored by but, the same supplement companies. But what <laughs> yeah. these fitness guys don't understand is like fitness people are collectors. 
Mm. They collect everything. I subscribe to five magazines at once. I don't follow one Instagram account. I don't follow one podcaster. I don't follow one science guy. I've got multiple guys I go to. So they're going to find these guys anyways. Mm. They might I, wonder, just- I wonder what it is that makes us that way. Is it is it because fitness people tend to be kind of more growth minded? What do you think? Do you think that, do you think what, what causes us to be collectors like that? Is it because the same way that you, you, as you, you gain more knowledge, your physique gets better. And so we I have, have a theory kind of, on that for sure. Yeah. I mean, what's your thought on so, that? So when you look at fitness, here's what I love a lot about fitness. And I, I learned this when I started training uh, kids. So I'd have clients who I trained for a long time and then they bring me their, their teenage kids. And many times parents would bring me their troubled kids. So I remember one in particular, this, this client that I trained for a while, she said, you know, my son's doing bad in school. He's very insecure, doesn't really have any friends. Uh, you know, I want you to train him, but I want you also to kind of be like a big brother to him because she really, she thought I did a good job. So this 12-year-old comes in and I trained him and he had terrible insecurity. He was really, really bad. Uh, you know, he, he thought of, of himself very terribly, overweight kid. And so we would we would work out and, you know, one week we did, you know, eight push-ups. And then the next week he could do 10 push-ups and I'd stop him and I'd be like, you realize just what, ha- you know, what just happened? He'd be like, no. And he said, you are not the same person today that you were last week. You are fundamentally different. You did two more reps. You are not the same human being. And what I was doing is I was painting the picture of how life actually works. And it's just a microchasm of it, right? Mm-hmm. Fitness represents that. Fitness represents that in a very black and white way. Like mm-hmm. I do this and I prove next week. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at look what I can do when I when I put some work. Look what happens when I sacrifice today for my future self. Like I don't eat this to, to, to benefit myself today. So I throw away expediency because I know my future self is going to benefit. And fitness teaches us that. So I think people who gravitate to fitness are either gravitate towards you know being growth-minded or it's fitness that promotes that growth-minded mentality mm-hmm. or both. I wonder. Now, here's the interesting thing, though. You guys talked earlier that there's a lot of guys whose muscles grow way faster than their minds. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. Which is easier to develop, the muscles or the mind? Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it depends on your genetics, I think. Well, you, I, I, I think I think if you're, I, I tell you what, um, one of the, one of the a blessing in terms of personal growth is if you really, really, really want to progress in fitness, but you you don't have the greatest genetics in the world. If you stay at it, you're going to learn quite a bit about yourself. If you get into fitness and you're not very growth minded, but you have like these one percent of one percent genes, you might not learn very much, right? Because you go in the gym, you touch some weights. You blow up. Oh, I see. I've worked with people like that in the past. And And that's when the muscles are way ahead of the mind. (laughs) They don't need much growth or information because. Or they take a shortcut. I used to have this trainer that worked for me. Never forget, this dude was just, he was a genetic anomaly. And we, you know, I, I haven't known very many of these in my life, even though I've been in fitness for 20 years. And this guy would go out and work out and he would, you know, close grip bench press, you know, 275. And his arms were 18 inches and he was just this muscular dude. And, you know, he'd eat a Pop-Tart for breakfast and like a cheeseburger for lunch and like a taco for dinner. Didn't have much money, so he didn't spend it a lot on food. And he just looked the way he did. And he didn't learn very much because he Everything wasn't he did forced worked. to. Yeah, it just worked, <laughs> you know? We had a guy like that, too. He would eat McDonald's every day. And he was one of our, you know trainers that was just this, yeah. like aesthetic god and it was like man of course you know like how much does he really have to learn if like everything he's doing in the gym yeah. that's really nothing is like working for him well this yeah. is part of the problem right when you look at i mean this and i found this out when i got into competing and realized really quick because i originally i was really excited i was like okay 
these are the one percent of the one percenters. Like, and I've been doing this for a long time, but I bet I could learn a lot. Like, I was I was very excited to learn. Like, I thought this is going to be cool. I'm in this sport I'm not very familiar with. You know, these are the one percent of one percent. These guys are going to have all kinds of great stuff, nuggets for me to pick up on. And when I was backstage. I was blown away. Oh my god! By how many Don't people get me started? Oh man! I mean, that was what 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 floored me because why I got into it. I got into it to create a business around it. I saw that you know most of the guys and girls that were on the covers of magazines were these pro bikini, pro men's physique, and I thought this is who's giving out all the advice. Everyone's looking up to them for information. Okay this is how I'm going to get my name out there. Sure. I had all this great information, but who the fuck is Adam? Why do you want to listen to me? So, okay, well, let yeah. me go after this. But when I got back there, I mean, even as I went all the way up to the professional level, I was like, man, these guys really don't know. In fact, a lot of them um, have figured out maybe the formula for themselves, or they had a coach who kind of put this mm-hmm. formula together, which a lot of times was not long-term and would probably not benefit 90% of the humans out there that mm-hmm. would try and follow the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a huge epidemic right now in the industry is that the people that are giving the most information advice or the, that have the most attention they don't even really know. They've they've maybe figured out, like you said earlier, you alluded to, you know, they've taken steroids or they've they have figured their own body out, and then now they're per- creating programs for the masses. So yeah. you see that end of it. Now on the counter to that, I was around more like so the trainers that were very versed, they went to every single seminar they could possibly get, like so much education involved, but they look like shit. And I mean, this is something that I've seen like all the time. Like, I mean, you could be the best, most knowledgeable uh, in the industry and, and, and have like a great message, but the attention you're never going to get in front of the amount of people that you're going to get, you know, putting yourself out there and, and looking the part too. So it's like this, this interesting thing where, you know, Adam goes through this process, getting up to, to where he's on stage. He, he, you know, goes through the process of becoming a a physique pro. And it's like, man, nobody, (laughs) it just felt like nobody in there had really solid information. And whereas like I was coming from a lot of solid information, but nobody looked really good. So it's like, (laughs) there's the opportunity. There's lots of opportunity there. Yeah. You had to blend those two worlds. Yeah. Do you guys want to transition, talk a bit about podcasting? Whatever, how, man. How, that guy, how that's really um, impacted you guys. Like, I think just to kind of cap this conversation off the lake, that, that is the opportunity for people to be growth-minded and to not be afraid to admit their faults and to look at your faults, your weaknesses, in fact, as your strengths. You know, that can, in fact, give you your credibility, right? Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to tell that story and... Uh, you know, that's, that's essentially my whole story. You know, I was always like with fitness, I've had a good body, but not a great body. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think I know that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went up on stage, I competed in the world fitness model championships. There's 20 guys up on stage. I couldn't get one judge to give me my proper placement. One guy said I was 17th. Um, another guy said I was 13th. Another guy said I was 11th because they only judge for the top 10 guys and they don't have time to judge from 11 to 20. So everybody comes 11th. I left the silly show. I didn't even know what place I got. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm saying here is like, I quickly realized that I needed to be bringing more to the table. I'm speaking to like a lot of the entrepreneurs listening, a lot of the online business owners listening, trying to figure out where do I, I find my voice in this crowded marketplace. Is there a sustainable path here for me? And the sustainable path is being authentic to your story, sharing your story, being vulnerable with the weaknesses, and then inviting people to go on this journey with you. 
without and, and essentially what you guys are doing and then having the the programming based on your beliefs mm-hmm. your programming is very wired into what you guys believe so that people can try out your stuff and so that they can come along for the ride and i think right. and i think that's the sustainable business model you know we agree yeah i yeah. think so i think the mistake a lot of people make is just trying to go chase the and i think we were we all did for a moment think that that was the formula is you know can i get a ton of likes can i get a ton of traffic can i get a ton of views and I think we we quickly realized that you know you you're gonna have a far better business if you have just two thousand people paying attention to you, but you mm. take really good care of those two thousand people right. than working so hard to get a million eyes on you yeah. mm-hmm. that you're really not delivering much. And the more we've been in this, and, and the more these fitness celebrities that we meet that have millions of people attached to them, a lot of them don't have very solid businesses. Like they look, you look at their, it's a house of cards. Right. I, I, I look at a lot of them and I go, fuck man, the, the day that this guy stops doing all these goofy tricks just to get attention, like yeah. what the fuck he's going to do? Yeah, oh, dude, left? I mean, I do prospecting, prospecting calls all the time for guys who've got like, you know, 300, 400,000 Instagram followers. Heck, I just recently talked to a guy with over 2 million uh, YouTube subscriber who's having a hard time keeping the lights on, right. putting bread on the table, and he's asking me for business advice. I'm like, I was going to ask you for help. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's what he's got really clear on is how to become popular, how to become mm-hmm. famous, but becoming famous, as we all know, doesn't... I mean, yes, it can correlate, but it's not a direct correlation to becoming rich well, no. or, or to become... Depending, so it all comes down to what's your goal. And I think, you know, to kind of tie these mm-hmm. conversations together... Sounds like what you guys are trying to help guys with is to figure out what's your goal when you're coming to the gym so that we can get on a path to help you with your results. And it's the same thing with business. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to ensure you know why you're getting into business so that you have a, a, an end goal to work towards. So, um, well, I think the, the other thing that we're starting to demonstrate already, you know, three years in, so we're still a new business, but I think we're demonstrating a very successful model of how to build a business within fitness. Mm. Because the, the, the business that we've built with our following, um, I mean, there's pe- people with 10 times the following that aren't even you know, half as successful as we are. And one of those things is you, you, you got to provide some real value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if your value is your pictures and your videos and that's it, well, they can already get that shit for free. Right. So if they, if they go to your Instagram and you're this, you know, one of these, I don't know what you call them, these, these butt models or whatever, uh, you know, someone's going to, they're, they're going to go through Sal your pictures. Sal tried that for a little while. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't yeah. work too well. It's too hairy. Uh, but, but they're going mean, to, we got a few followers. I didn't want to wax them yeah. anymore. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm, I got a good trimmer if you need one. Yeah, yeah. so I won't, I won't share trimmers. We don't want to get the, but uh, uh, if, you know, if that's your value, um, then what, what, why are they going to buy anything from you? They got that for free already. Um, so we want to provide a lot of value. We want to be very interactive with our people, answer questions. People DM us, try to answer them as many as we possibly can. We have a private forum that we're on every mm-hmm. single day and really trying to make a difference. Because like Adam said, I'd rather have a thousand followers that I provide a shit ton of value to that really are impacted by what I'm saying mm-hmm. and what I'm doing. Then a million followers that just want to look at pictures and, and that's really well. Ch- I think what we did well is we figured out what our why was, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that a lot of people getting into the industry and trying to make an impact and trying to, you know, really thrive in business, they haven't even figured that out yet. They're just trying to sort of mimic what they mm-hmm. see that is successful out there. And a lot of times that's going to lead them in the direction mm-hmm. of, you know, the popularity <laughs> contest. Like, what mm-hmm. can I do that's going to grab attention and immediately? But they haven't really figured out. 
not only just how to monetize that, but like, what is your actual message that you're providing and are people responding to that? Yeah. And is this something valuable that's going to add to their life? So. Yeah, so what would you guys say, kind of summarize, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've been having a nice, like smooth trail here on the muscle. We've talked about sure. the mind, I kind of just touched on the money there a bit, but now we're talking about the mission, you mm-hmm. know, the, the journey of a man. So yeah, what is your guys' mission? You know, the mission is really to be a part of and help drive the positive changes in the industry through a different, a bunch of different avenues. One of them is to bombard and flood the industry with quality information, both our own information. I mean, we podcast, each of our podcasts is about anywhere between 60 to 90 minutes, sometimes longer. We do five of those a week. Wow. We also do, we almost, we do roughly seven YouTube videos uh, a week. So we do mm. one YouTube video a day and five podcasts a week. That's our information. We also put out programs all the time, fitness programs. There's a blog that hits well, every We day also blog. And yeah. the other thing is we want to be a maven for yes. fitness. So we want to bring people in that maybe don't have the following or don't have the voice, who have a great message, mm. and bring them in our network and, and blast them out. And it doesn't, we don't charge these people or anything at all. We just want great. good information. Good people doing good to things. To get out there. We want to put them in front of our audience. That's it. Yeah. And then the other thing is really to show people in fitness or who are interested in getting in fitness how you build a fitness business, how you build a fitness uh, you know, empire. And it's not the, I'm just going to get real popular route because that honestly doesn't work. And here's the deal. When all you're worried about is being popular, you start to compromise your integrity. You start to mm-hmm. compromise who you are. It happens every, all the time because the crowd is fickle. The crowd, the, the masses don't necessarily know what they want or they're going to click on the the shiny red object or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep chasing that, eventually start selling yourself short. So right. it's for us, it's about, look, you know, integrity, build real value with a few thousand people. If you explode past that, that's great, but you don't have to because you can build a seven-figure business off of just doing that. And, and so- you don't have to market yourself the way it's always been done. Mm. And I think that's something that people are just starting to figure out yes. because- you know, there's definitely ways that that work, and it's it's a formula that um, people keep going back to. And we want to we want to challenge ourselves to do it differently and show people that there's another there's a more authentic way to approach that to where people will respond because it's real. Yes. This isn't fake. Vince, I'll tell you what we 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 started the podcast, and for a full year we didn't monetize. We don't want to. The goal was to build an audience and provide them with so much quality, free information um, that our value would be just uh, astronomical. And in fact, the only reason why we monetized after a year was because people were begging us. Hmm. People literally told us. We got so you had message. no programming for the first year we, either? No, MAPS Anabolic existed. We had it there. We just I had didn't cre- sell it. You weren't pushing it. I had, oh, no, we didn't even oh, sell it. Oh, didn't I, sell I had it. created that before Mind Pump, oh. and we didn't even... We didn't even sell it. And the reason why we started selling it a year in is because people were messaging us saying, I will. I don't care what you have. I, there's got to be a way I can give you guys if money. If shit in a box, guys. I will buy it. <laughs> That's like, not a Whoa. joke. Yeah. We actually had yeah. that message several yeah, so times. We said that in the forum. That was- so a year into it, we started monetizing and we started you know, providing mm. uh, programs. Mm. We didn't start making money on sponsorships until, I don't know, seven months ago. Mm. And I mean, before that, trust me, we were a massive podcast, but mm. we, you know, to sign with the sponsor for us, uh, you have to meet a pretty stringent litmus test. We have to believe in you. We have to believe in the product. We have to like you, yeah. like your integrity, and you have to be okay with our 
absolute um you know honesty because like i'll give you an example we have like like we had a sponsor and one of the one of the their products are very good we like them we like the owners uh-huh. lots of integrity they've got great products but you know for example adam doesn't like the taste of their products but he thinks they're effective so how are we going to talk about your product on our show we're going to be very honest hmm. and adam's going to say man i hate the taste of it but you know it works really well and you have to be okay with that if you're a sponsor you have to be okay with us being super honest but at the end of the day, you know, we we know we're showing these sponsors. Yeah, we're Con- moving product. We're showing them conversion rates that yeah. they've never seen before. Yeah. Why? Because our audience is like, these fuckers are honest. Yeah. So I know I can trust them. So I'm going to buy what they're talking about. Yeah. And we will not compromise about that. So really the past That's six great. months, we've been making money off sponsors. Before that, it was all programs. That's all it was. So. Oh, it's amazing. So yeah, the podcast, man, it's, you know, I wanted to do the podcast two years ago, but I, I just didn't feel like I was ready for it. So what do you think the opportunity is for people who want to do a podcast like is there still space for people oh, is God, yeah. it's, it's such a it's, it's a wild this west. is the time right the, now what about the timing or, or sorry the um yeah maybe just give me a new podcast or some advice uh, you guys don't know maybe a ton about like um my business model but you guys know that the primary bread and butter for well, almost 10 years was youtube mm-hmm. and now it's the podcast the reason i didn't start the the vince del monte podcast is uh one i just it would have been about fitness. And I honestly can't talk about building your biceps anymore. Yeah. I'm 38 years old. I want to talk about what I'm truly passionate about, which is helping men become better men mm-hmm. because muscle is just a stepping stone for me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm talking about using the muscle to develop your mind and then the mind to maybe produce a side stream of income tied to your passion and credibility, maybe an online business. So start like figuring out how to provide beyond the norm. And then what I've found is like most men need the money to do their ultimate mission. Now, not necessarily, but uh, sometimes like the mission, like my mission really, I feel is to impact men, but I needed funds to like be able to put out a podcast, which I don't monetize either. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I don't even know my numbers. I don't even check them just because I feel like the information I'm putting out, the people I'm bringing on, it's going to do something when I'm ready to do something. But then finally, I bring in the marriage piece, which I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about because that's the most challenging piece. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, trying to figure out how to do all this in the context of a family or whatever your situation is. And a lot of men are just kind of gravitating to like um, these this, all these topics as one. So that's kind of like how I'm standing out trying to talk about all these five things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what would your advice be if you were speaking at my event in San Diego in May and guys said, yeah, I want to start a podcast. What are some like do's, don'ts? Just well, well, you know, it's, yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, best practices, anything like well, that? Well, I'll tell you what. So it's funny. So when I would manage uh, fitness professionals, when I had gyms and I'd manage trainers, there's a few things that uh, you are basic. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't do these few things, you are not going to succeed. Like, and they're basic and they're silly, but you have to be clear sometimes because mm. people don't, some people don't realize it. So if you're becoming a new personal trainer, for example, don't show up late ever, mm. be super fucking consistent mm. um, and uh, show up and act professional. So mm. those are three basic things, but you would be surprised how many idiots mm. don't get those. You could be the best trainer in the yeah. world. You show up 10 minutes late to your sessions all the time. You're not going to succeed. With podcasting, mm. here's some basics, some real basic ones. When you release your shows, make that consistent. Mm. So if I release a show Monday at 5 p.m., that's it. You are committed. Monday at 5 p.m. every single week. Mm. Do not falter from that because people will depend on your show, on the release date like they will any other channel. The second thing is make sure your quality, your sound is quality. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because podcasting is getting a little bit more competitive and the shitty sound like I'm talking in my bathroom on the toilet sound that you hear in a lot of podcasts isn't going to cut it. (laughs) 
You start a new podcast, you could have great information. Someone can listen to it and you can hear echoes and crap and whatever. Uh, you're not going to succeed. So get a good room. Make sure the sound in there is good. So put blankets on the wall and the, on the floor and whatever. Get good equipment, which is actually cheap nowadays. Take yourself seriously. You can invest a couple thousand dollars and have quality equipment. So do those two things. First and foremost, because if you don't do those, you can have great information. I swear to God, people aren't gonna well, are gonna want to listen to you. Re- recognize your mediums. I'm. I mean, uh, audio is the future. For those that don't know that already or, or, or haven't figured that out, I mean, real soon here we're going to see uh, the podcast app and most all new vehicles. So most of us that will be driving around will be able just to hit whatever podcast you want to listen to. Everything's streaming now, so digital streaming media is the future. So radio and television is is dying if it is almost dead and podcasting is on a steep climb and it's becoming one of the best mediums for advertising. And I think the the reason behind that I think uh, I mean we're gro- we're all growing up right now in this era of fake news, right? The we are now getting savvy that oh my god, all these years television's been lying to us. And there's something very authentic about the podcast. It's not uh, regulated right now. We can get on there. We can cuss and swear. We can sell. We can not sell. We can do whatever we want. And because of that, I think people are gravitating towards it because they, this this open space to, to, to present truths and to not uh, bullshit people. And I think that that comes through in this type of a medium. And I think people are just tired of that. I think they're tired of the bullshit marketing that they've been getting for so long over radio and television that this medium is is slowly starting to dominate and take that over. And we're seeing this right now, just in the last three years when we first came in, you know, we didn't, we had our, our sponsors that were coming after us, but now we're getting really big companies that are moving into this space that are that they know that this is the future of advertising and marketing, but they just they don't even know how to pay. They're like, yeah. you know, we know we have advertising money. How does this work? So we get a lot of people that ask us. It that, wasn't like that three years ago. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a cool position now. So well, no, big yeah. companies now They're are actually in. creating budgets for podcasting advertising, whereas before – uh, very few companies actually set aside a, a, a podcasting budget. But even then, it's it, a lot of them don't don't even know what that looks like. Like, what's the conversion? Like, we're, they're still learning what yeah. does this work? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does this work? And what should we expect if we invest two thousand dollars in a commercial with these guys? What can we expect in return? So a lot of that's happening now. I think that when you see this in business, that's a that's an incredible opportunity to be a part of it because it's it's in its early stages right mm, now. Yeah. It's in infancy. I think a, a lot of things will change in the future like they always do. And so if you it'll can, be much harder five years, I think, from right. now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you can get in right now and and figure this piece out, um, I think it's incredible. I think it's an incredible way to complement an existing business. So someone like you who already has a successful business. It's mm-hmm. a nice good t- megaphone. Right. It's another, it's business. another yeah. medium, mm-hmm. I think to, to get you uh, get out there and compliment the already existing business. And I think it's a great business for someone to build by mm-hmm. itself, especially if you're somebody who has a lot to say, or maybe a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. So if you either oh, yeah. have yeah. a lot of good information mm-hmm. present, or you're a really good storyteller, because you know, your top podcasts are the, 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 like the murder mysteries, your NPR, your storytelling type of podcast. So if you can find a way to present really good information through stories, yeah. uh, that's very powerful. And it that's has a good, Netflix yeah. almost. Yeah, that's a good point because, uh, and this is you know, uh, here's a little bit of background too. We trained uh, salespeople for a long time in fitness, so a lot of what we did was teaching people how to sell fitness. Now, for people who understand sales, uh, really good, effective sales, and I mean really top-notch sales, 
really all it is is it's effective communication. How effectively can I communicate my ideas? Now, in order to communicate effectively, we think it's a prerequisite that you sell something you believe in. So that's mm-hmm. number one. So you can't be a bullshitter. But there's a lot of steps to becoming an effective communicator. And what's important with podcasting is how you say is just as important as what you say. So mm-hmm. a lot of people get on the podcast or start a podcast and they think, what am I going to say? I got to say all this important information. And they forget that how you say it is as important, if not more important, than what you say in terms of conveying your message. Now, one of the other things that helps impact how you say what you're going to say is the emotion and the feeling behind it. If you truly are passionate about something or it's really a part of who you are, it's going to come through. People are going to hear that. I mean, they can hear that through a, a podcast that's in your ears. You know, it's very personal. If you don't really feel what you're talking about, if it's fake, you're not going to be well, effective. So, yeah, to, to hammer in on that point, I mean, it has to be a reflection of you. So it can't be um, sort of, you know how there's this formula that people think that they have to abide by and they have to write certain questions and try and do things a certain way because they heard it on somebody else's podcast. Yeah. It literally has to be a reflection of your own personality, the way you would say things. Do you cuss or do you not cuss? That's Your everyday language has to come through because that becomes even more authentic and people pick up on that kind of stuff. And uh, it beca- it's a really intimate platform. People listen to you. Uh, all the time, it, it, almost every day. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're doing five podcasts a week now, That's so crazy. it's just about every day that people are listening to our ideas and how our ideas evolve. And so, it definitely has to uh, feel like it's it's coming from uh, how you would interact with somebody, you know, every day and in real life. I think it's important too to point out that it's not easy though either. I think no. that we see a lot of people jumping on because, oh man, I have my. My buddy Vince, he's doing really good doing it. Or my buddies over at Mind Pump, they're doing really good podcasting. I think when we got in it, we all knew that we weren't going to be great at it. We all, none of us had radio backgrounds. Like we, we had no idea what the hell we were doing. Right, right. Yeah. So we we all claim to be good salesmen and communicators, but you know, getting on a podcast is totally different. If I look back seven hundred episodes ago, I cringe it when I listen to oh, yeah. the the podcast. Just because the flow of it isn't the same that it is now, and so we have the nerves. I, 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 be, I believe people that tune in now may not know that or realize how much work has gone into mm-hmm. getting better at our craft too. Mm-hmm. So nothing gets you better like reps yep. in practice, and that's right. true for anything that you do. So uh, you know we we've, we've done then, over a thousand hours of podcasting. So and then let's, a lot add of reps. A, let's add an element to that too. So another layer to that is not just reps, but quality reps. So so who are you guys going to to you know, keep the well full so that you guys are pumping out good quality water. So, so, so uh, we learn initially quite a bit from each other because we all like to talk and communicate and practice, but we also listen to other podcasts and pick up on ways people communicate. You know, you mm-hmm. listen to Joe Rogan has a style of podcasting. He's been doing it forever and he's excellent at how he interviews people. Jordan Harbinger, Harbinger Stephen yeah. Stephen Crowder, mm-hmm. Brennan Schaub, and Fighting the Kid. All four right there are. You got a political. You've got a comedy. You've got information, mm-hmm. and they all present different. So I I like to listen to uh, just a, an array of different uh, hosts that have different styles and take a lot from each one. Like that mm-hmm. they do really well. I think that's important as far as the education piece. One of the things that's also very unique about Mind Pump is the three of us have very different interests. So even though we're all interested in fitness, 
uh, there's different things about fitness. So it's pretty cool that, you know, I can rely on Justin. If, if something new that's coming out in tech, you know, I know Justin's going to be the one who's all of it. That's he's subscribing to all those magazines. He's reading all those types of blogs. He loves that stuff. If a new study comes out, that's super controversial. I can lean on, on Sal for sure. I know he's going to bring that up. So everyone kind of has topics that they kind of do and bring to the, to the audience. So it's rare that a show would go by that you're not going to pick something up from one of us three, one of us three that we're currently reading about. So we're always growing ourselves, consuming information, and then really just sharing it on the podcast. And it's rare that someone will drop into Mind Pump and listen, and you probably don't um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for with each one of us? Like, I feel like everybody, somebody will connect with one of us three, right? right? If, mm-hmm. you, if there's something Sal saying you don't align with, but there's probably something that Justin says that you did totally right in line with what you're thinking or myself. Oh, that's fantastic. Anything I should not do with my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, here's some advice, right? So get rid of your intro. Yeah. Don't, don't. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah so, so here's a big one, right? So you have a guest. Now, that was we're a game changer we're, for us. Yeah. We're getting easy. rid of the intro. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you why. So we're easy to, to interview, right? We're, we're podcasts. We're doing it forever. You just ask us a question. And you you're speaking to my ego yeah, now. We have so a good you time. know. Yeah. <laughs> but if, so, but if you get a guest, most people are going to have trouble being interviewed because you get the mics on, you know, you're ready to go. Like, I'm a little mm-hmm. nervous. One of the worst things you could do is say, okay, are you ready? Everybody ready? Okay. Hey, welcome to the Sal Stefano podcast. I'm here with, and now boom, yeah. all of a sudden now that person- you get canned answers. By the way, we did, the that, we did that for about 170, 200 episodes was just like that. Yeah. And and we, it, it, it was, this was again, to talk about the growth of the podcast. A lot of us, like we would sit in the room after a guest left and we're like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. this? When Why we're that just a, so long, it's just the three of us. It's the, their fire. All of a sudden, we bring in an incredible guest that we're excited to introduce to people. And then the chemistry just wasn't the same as the three of us. And we couldn't figure that out. And a lot of that was the way we were introing yeah. the episode because we do this very formal, mm. you know, introduce yourself and they would do it. It would turn into this. Go we, talk now. Talk. You, right. You, yeah. You, no, no. You don't intro. It. Just go. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Like you that. just yeah. go. And, and it's not an interview. It's a conversation. Plus, I hate the word interview because it's like you're at a job. You know mm. what I mean? Just plus, have a conversation. Plus imagine like what's happening right now. Right. So, you know, even though we have mutual friends, we know about each other's business. After this hour and a half that, or two hours or whatever it is that we're spending together right now, how much better do you know the three of us and how much better can you intro the three of us now? Yeah. Like now I know each of their personalities. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know the, or the guest I'm talking about. Now, after I've done that whole interview, we'll go back and then we'll record the intro and say, Lad, I yeah. got a great one yep. for you guys today. So we're going to make it covered this, after, that, and the other. Right. Yeah. But what about the uh, like the audio and the, like the pre recorded stuff at the start? What do you mean? Oh, the, the like, like, like a highlight reel. I don't know even. Yeah, what you no, call no, no, that's great. No, that's no. okay. Oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. What okay. we mean is, is, you know, you do your intro, you know, like ours is like, you know, uh, you know, we do, we have the song come on and mind pump or whatever. And then it goes right into, our intro, but the intro was recorded after the conversation. Yeah. yeah that's so what then what I'll that. say, and there's a, Hey, today we were talking to, you know, you know, Joe blow and of fitness, whatever. We had a great conversation. We talked about this, this, that, and the other. And so without any further ado, here we are talking to Joe blow. And then it goes right into the conversation rather than opening the interview with, and welcome back to Mind Pump. Here we are talking to Vince Del Monte. And this gonna... isn't something that we made up yeah. either. I mean, some of your your sure. greatest hosts, this is the advice that we had received from them is like, listen, like I'll get, conversation as soon as those mics go on them i'm gonna ask him something personal about them getting mm. ready this morning or yes. like something that has nothing start to do. recording as early as possible too right yeah and get into something that has nothing to do with even yeah. the direction you want to go just to get your your guest yeah. 
comfortable with having a conversation. And then you're the one who makes that transition from wherever you, what they're talking about right now to where they want to go. Here's a big one that we really started to solidify more recently. And that's that, you know, sometimes when you're with the guest and you're interviewing them, you want to be respectful. This is my guest. It's almost like I'm bringing you into my home. I want to kind of, so I'm, I'm going to be careful. I don't want to ask you too, too controversial a question because I don't want to offend you, this and that. And one of our good friends, uh, Jordan Harbinger, who's easily one of the best interviewers that we've ever heard. We love listening to the guy. We learned quite a bit. He said, listen, He's man, he goes, sharp. you are not, uh, you're not doing the podcast for the guests. You're doing the podcast for your audience. So don't worry about offending anybody. Don't You ask them the questions you want to ask them. Don't worry about pissing them off. You are talking for your audience. Now, worst case scenario, the person gets pissed off and leaves, which which never happens. But even if they do that, you've got a great viral episode anyway. <laughs> so that was something that we more recently started learning is like, hey, man, I'm going to be as blunt and honest as we are with each other with our guests so because comes, this is a show yeah, for no, our audience. No holds barred. We, we lacked confidence in yeah, that. That's I mean, when the good stuff comes up too. Yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think at the beginning... You just we, wait till we interview you. We, we lacked I'm, a, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. We, we, we lacked a little bit of confidence because we had... We, you know, we were still growing and we were still... A lot of these people we were interviewing had a much bigger network than we did and... You know, there. I'd be the first to admit that even if I wanted to disagree with something they're saying, I'm going like, ah, fuck. Well, I don't want to just ruin this relationship that we're building right now. That's not. That's not smart. That's not good business. So there was a little bit of that where we wouldn't. We would hold back some punches. Where I think now we we have a different confidence level. Where it's like, no, mm-hmm. the more controversial we are, if we don't say those things, somebody in our audience is thinking it. Like if you say something that it just is totally different than what we talk about, and we don't say anything, we're going to get more heat from our audience later on for not standing up and for what we believe. So I'll, I think I'll never so forget. Yeah, they'll be waiting for you to say something and they don't hear you say it. And they're like, sweet. Now I can tell them something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget when one of our first interviews was our friend, uh, Ben, who, uh, you know, Ben Zorn, he was a, he was a person that was on the, uh, the bachelorette, right? So he had kind of a little bit of notoriety. First kind of big guest, good friend of ours, and he gets on. And he starts talking about exercise, and I don't remember exactly what he was talking about, but he was saying something about how I like this exercise because it works the lower bicep and it develops that, and then the, which is complete. If you're a trainer, sure. it's complete I, bullshit. I got it. Yeah. So he's saying all this stuff, right? And, and middle all of us, none of us said the anything. Middle, lower pack. Yeah, yeah. none of yeah. us said any of it, anything to him, right? So the end of the podcast, he leaves, and we all look at each other like, "Fuck, man, that's like, t- what do what we?" And so it's like, that'll never happen again. Like if somebody says some shit that I'm going to disagree with, hmm. we're going to talk about it. Worst case scenario, we'll agree to disagree and that's yeah. it. But it's yeah, not going to hold back anymore. Yeah. I learned how to do that when I was in, uh, I did sales too. I worked at the gym, sold memberships, sold training. I learned the most powerful question you could ask somebody on the gym floor, taught all my trainers. It says, you don't go up to someone and say, hey, can I show you the right way to do that? You just say, can I show you a different way to do that? Yeah. Right. That's a non-threatening question. So I've kind of learned how to, hey, would you be interested in hearing a different idea yeah. on that yeah 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 sure it's like, just, where it's just you get that i'm not saying it's from. i'm not saying it's you right or wrong i'm just saying bit. are you just interested in hearing yeah. a different way yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah sure yeah what do, you, what do you think can i show you the way that won't hurt you I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you get that lead right but then you can kind of like you know make your way to where you want to go but it's being a chess master like again effective Absolutely. communication yeah. right and like i learned this even too from like head bouncers like guys who could take out like the whole bar with one finger but when they go into like confrontation, they go in with their hands up. Like it's like, hey guys, is there any, is there a problem over here? Yeah. Like a three hundred pound ripped dudes. Like, and 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 like, I'm like, why did you go in so like cautious? Is like, dude, because that's how I take out take down the situation without mm-hmm. creating a big riot. Right. Like, yeah. ah, exactly. Interesting. So yeah, like, you're really in control. Like you're an ultimate. Like so. 
Anyways, same thing with com- communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's something else you, I would teach my trainers to say. It's so hard to talk about, to get leads outside of the gym. Because mm-hmm. what do you do? You walk up to someone and be like, hey, do you want to work out? At, you know, And someone might take that the wrong way or whatever. So I used to tell my trainers when they would see someone to ask them where they worked out at. Because people will probably take that as a compliment. Like, hey, man, where do you work out at? I'm like, oh, well, thanks for asking. I haven't worked out in 15 <laughs> years. Oh, that's cool. Come check out my gym. Come meet me with the, you know for a session or whatever. But yeah, how you how you say something is... Uh, as important or probably more important than what you say for sure. Guys, this has been amazing. I got a couple of rapid fire questions. Is there anything we've missed that you guys want to jump on? Or no, I think see? we're I'm sure think we'll we're touch good. some stuff with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. we'll probably yeah. hit it yeah. later. So, uh, you know, I, I again, I've got five rapid fire questions I love asking. Um, maybe you guys can each just jump in on the one that uh, maybe raise your hand. Whoever, <laughs> whoever's, I got that one. Hit the button. <laughs> hit the, or, you know, if a couple of you guys want to jump in, that would be cool. But um, uh, personal questions, you know, in the past year, what has been one new habit or belief you've adopted that's helped you in your own personal, professional, or physical life? Mm, good one. Um, I, I guess I'll, you I, go got, I, yeah. I have something right off the, just because it, this happened last year. So last year, my, my new year's resolution was to uh, knock out a book a month, mm-hmm. a book. So, yeah. A book a month, which is to me, oh, not, read a book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, read, yeah. read a cool. book a month. And I've, I've been a reader for quite some time, but I never set a goal to like, okay, I need to be consuming something every single month. Mm. You know, I go on these sprints, right? When I go on vacation, I knock out a couple of books because I'm sitting at a beach for two weeks straight or something, but then I won't read for another six months straight. And I really noticed uh, the carryover in not only my business life, but even my personal life and my relationship when I'm constantly reading like that. Because I, I don't, you know, personally, I don't read uh, any fiction. Everything I read is nonfiction. So I tend to like things that, after I've put it down, I feel like I've grown a little bit. Or I've learned something or I can now take that information and apply it to something inside of our podcast. So I would say that's something that I've adopted uh, just this last year. And uh, again, I'm on that pace to, to do that or surpass it. I mean, obviously, my goal is to continue to stretch myself. And I had never done that before. I never set a personal goal of, okay, I'm going to make sure I get a book a month. And I think I finished at 14 or 15 last year and hope to stretch that a little bit this year, but that was a major difference. For you. Yeah. Game changer for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Any favorite? Ooh, this last year, my favorite this last year was the four. Mm. So the four is an excellent, uh, excellent, excellent read. It's about, uh, Google, Apple, Facebook. Yes. Amazon. And Amazon. It's oh, uh, man, I feel like such a douchebag right now. <laughs> my wife got me that book for Christmas and, and there you, was like three others that I wanted and I returned that one. No way. <laughs> that was, that, bro, that was, oh man, uh, Flabby, I'm so fired, sorry. Dude. That was, that was a favorite of the she year. She said you returned them all and I felt like yeah, there's four others I wanted and she gave me the receipt before. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. And it was a wreck now because I've, I started this too. It's been awesome because now I have like this, a bunch of our listeners that are trying to follow Long. Uh-huh. And so we've created this really cool little uh, MP book club where we're sharing different books. And a lot of the great reads I've I, I've received the last probably five or six have been referrals. That was a re- mm. uh, someone referred that to me, and, and man, that was I burned through that one. It's an incredible, I mean, especially if you like the business side. If you're into gotcha. learning, like what exactly Amazon, Apple, what those guys are doing behind the scenes, kind of their playbook. Google and Starbucks as well, right? Mm. Uh, no, yeah. not Starbucks. Google, Amazon, Facebook, and um, Apple. Apple. That's right. big four. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's the, the race to a billion, right? right. So that's the that's kind of what they get a into, and, they, yeah. and then they, or excuse me, a trillion, yeah. and then they speculate on you know what other companies like YouTube or not YouTube, but um, other companies that would that would be chasing them, Netflix yeah. and companies like that. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, for any of you guys, what's been one of the most worthwhile investments you have made in yourself, and how much? Hmm. Hmm. 
Um, relatively recently, I've uh, really started to embrace um, nature. I was never a person that was into nature. I wasn't into camping or hiking or challenging myself out in nature or really putting myself in positions where I didn't have technology attached to me in some way. Uh, you know, I have a terrible sense of direction, so I tend to get lost going from my house to you know to work every day. And um, and so going out in the middle of nowhere and doing these challenging hikes just didn't sound appealing to me. Mm. And uh, about two years ago, I, you know, I, I went through a divorce and I met this young lady and um, you just fell in love and had melted this, I mean, just really connected. And she's a, she's very much an adventurous type of individual. And she encouraged me to go with her on uh, a road trip. And our road trip started in, in San Jose and went all the way up to, uh, all the way up through Washington and into Coeur d'Alene, which is in, uh, what is that? Idaho? Idaho. Idaho. And along the way, we would do these hikes and we, you know, we, we got on a kayak and we kayaked the whole, you know, Lake Tahoe. And I really got a sense of peace and calm that I'd never really felt before doing anything else. And now I really seek it out and I can see the health benefits of being in nature, unplugging, you know, being in awe of all these wonderful things, putting my bare feet into the, in the dirt and feeling the ground and you know, experiencing fitness from a completely different level. Now I really appreciate it to the point where it's now something that I try to do on a, on a semi-regular basis. And the, the growth that has come from it is pretty rem- remarkable. I didn't know that I would grow from doing something that I'd never done before. But when I say it that way, it sounds obvious, right? Do something new and you'll probably grow from it, especially if you feel like you'll be uncomfortable in it. And, yeah. and so that, that was something that I started incorporating. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, all right, next question. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Hmm. I actually went through this process um, quite a bit last year where um, there was too many irons in the fire. And I think that as an entrepreneur, um, this can be something that we all sort of face where there's opportunity all around and you want to be a part of as many different options as possible. And uh, learning to discern which one is is bringing you back the most value and is moving you forward versus, you know, which ones may just be a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's it's a tough thing to to go through the the process because you feel like you can handle it all and you feel like um, being an entrepreneur you're all, you're you're on your own for the most part. And and I'm lucky because I have a team. You know, I have other guys with me. Um, you know, in this business, but. Um, before that, I was by myself. And so you carrying that same mentality that I could overcome all these things, these are just challenges. And I and I can I can do them. I can I can I can accomplish uh all this, you know, on my own. I've done it before. Uh to where um now looking at what if I have a bigger vision of what I want to accomplish, um, I need to start I need to start really evaluating um, which, what rocks are moving me forward. And so going through that entire process was a tough challenge for me. But um, once, once I started to eliminate um, distractions in my life and, and really set boundaries, you know, even because I have a family too and uh, two, two young boys and um, I want to be the best father I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. And, you know, all these things take uh, an extreme amount of work, as you know. So um, like really just kind of establishing, um, priorities and, and, um, kind of taking the bird's eye view of, of everything that's going on, what, what you're involved in, 
um, is so important. And once I started to move in that direction, the stress levels, the anxiety, I actually had an anxiety attack to where I thought that, um, you know, I, I thought something had ruptured. I was in so much pain. I went to the emergency room and realized that I had literally just manifested uh, this pain through stress, anxiety, wow. everything that was happening at once. And uh, after that, um, the biggest breakthrough that I had um, with all that going on was um, when I actually did breathing and, and I did uh, Wim Hof. And, and what that taught me was really how to um, control my own environment and to focus on being present and to um, just uh, just take take life um, you know, like, like evaluate it more as to what's benefiting me personally. And, um, so just, I, I totally, I, I think that that was the biggest game changer ever was for me to understand that I, I needed, I needed recovery. I needed rest. I needed to be more present in the way that I do things and going forward, that was so powerful. So it's great. I appreciate you sharing that. We live in a society now where self-care isn't Sexy. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be. Yeah, that's great. All right, I got another one here. How do you set up your day for deep work? How do you set up your environment? How do you get that productivity? So we have this kind of secret formula that we, I don't know, accidentally fell on. And you're kind of a part of it right now, which is we, and this happened, I think the first time, almost two and a half years ago, right? Was that two and a half years ago when we went up to do, was that green the very oh, first one? Oh, we put a maps performance? So what we figured out, one, yeah. what we figured out was when we were in, were at work, when we were at our facility, um, or even when we were at our small studio in Doug's, we got, we got really overwhelmed with the day to day. You know, when you commit to five podcasts a week, seven <laughs> YouTubes, blogs, I mean, there's, there's, we're never short of work to be sure. done. Um, and you know, so we've kind of created that little monster and I think we realized the very, the very first real trip that we took, how important that would become, uh, for the business. And it's now become a, you know, quarterly at the minimum and sometimes almost monthly thing that we do where we act, we leave the facility, we, we rent a nice house like this one. And, uh, it, when we're there, it's, we were not doing any of the day-to-day stuff. It's completely to have, uh, this different perspective of the business. And I think it's become essential to the success and the growth of it. It's allowed us to have a different uh, perspective by coming out and coming to a place. And we typically like to go somewhere that's up in the mountains or on the beach where it's, you know, we're not going out, no party. And it's not like that at all. It's somewhere where we can kind of hole up mm. and, and, and tr- truly be mindful and present within our business. Like what's going on right now? What do we like that we're doing? What goals did we set last year? Mm. And kind of revisiting that out of the day to day. Uh, that's become uh, extremely important to the growth of the business. Super powerful. You change your environment, you change your state of mind, new ideas, new creativity happen. And I, I, I knew this. I, in sa- I knew this yeah. in sales, and I had salespeople working for me yeah. in gyms. Sometimes what I would do is I would make them all switch their desks, or I'd take the desks and move them downstairs somewhere else. Hmm. And that little bit of switch of environment for them was enough to get them sparked and get them moving. Hmm. So I mean, that's a big part of it. Like we get yeah. away, and it's like <laughs> explosion yeah. of ideas. Yeah. So now it's become all a new energy, a, form- a formula. We literally make really sure cool. that it's like we've already got the next one booked out. Like they're always scheduled. Now it's hmm. part of the business. And it's fun, right? It's a great time that we can kind of get away. And it's also an opportunity that I think where we're all at, because we're all in our mid to late 30s, uh, we also, 
there, there is no like end goal to what we're doing. And I think, you know, going like to the alchemist, right. Is being appreciative of where we're at now, the journey that we're going through. I think it allows us to do that too, is to, to have some great perspective, not just on the growth of the business, but Hey, where we're at, man, like, this is what it's all about right here. Mm -hmm. What we're doing right now, meeting Mm -hmm. incredible people, sharing knowledge Mm -hmm. and information, having great time. I think sometimes because we're, uh, we're all go getters, we could be so focused on the, the end goal or where we need to take this Mm -hmm. that, you know, and anyone who knows, if you've read Alchemist, you know, when you get to the end of it, it's really, you'll find out it was all about everything that happened on the long way there. I think we're all older and wiser. Now we've built other businesses and companies before that we recognize that through this one. So I think it's important that uh, we have gratitude and we pay attention to what we're going through right now and enjoy the process. And I think that's become a staple for us. The destination is always a mirage, right? <laughs> right. That's great. So three questions here uh, to mind pump, mm-hmm. to mind pump as a whole. So what's going really well right now with mind pump? Um, geez, you know, mm. there seems to be, we go through these growth spurts uh, with the show, with the podcast and with uh, just our media. And we're, it seems like we're going through one now. You said something when you, when we first met here at the house and introduce yourself and he was like yeah i heard i first heard about you guys a couple months ago and now i feel like you guys are everywhere and i've probably heard that more in the last few months than i've ever heard that yeah. in the old time. so it mm-hmm. feels like it's like a grassroots sort of movement feels happening. like it, there's a cool. little bit of a like a little fire a little yeah. bit something's going awesome. on and it's exploding and so that seems to be going really well for us right now is that we're getting the buzz the buzz seems to be growing I can feel my DMs, you know, I get on my Instagram and I've got like, you know, 30 DMs that I have to answer and, yeah, you know, people, people are recognizing us more. So it feels like the buzz is growing, which is really, really exciting. Well, I would unpack that further and, you know, why why are we having a lot of success right now for those that care about the business side? I think that um, our YouTube channel right now is, is a major uh, contribution to the success of Mind Pump. We didn't, we, we talked about before that that was one of the biggest mistakes was waiting that long to start that. Um, so we've only been going at that for about a year and a half. A lot of Taylor manages manages that. Now that thing is adding anywhere between 200 to 300 subscribers every day. Mm-hmm. So if you're adding two to 300 new eyes to you every single day on one of your channels, obviously you're going to see some growth. So we've seen a lot of growth there. The podcast has been a pretty stable growth since we started. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, we have these you know, kind of peaks and then we kind of level off, then we peak, then level off. And that's been kind of what's been going on with MindPup for a long time. I think a lot of that is because we, we've slowly evolved the podcast. We're starting to segment it. We're starting to find our, our rhythm, our voice even better. I think we're all getting better at our craft. Our guests are even getting better. So mm-hmm. the podcast is evolving very well. Our it's, interviews have gotten a lot better. Yeah, I think. And I wanted to yeah, make sure. You guys can pull off the long that. ones. Yeah. yeah. I listened to a few of your long ones right through. But we no, were terrible. I only say that because we were terrible for when a while. When we first started, yeah. 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 yeah so those things, a lot of work. Those things are all doing well. We just last, uh, what, six, five or six months ago, we hired a marketing team who has been cleaning up a lot of our back end as far as the you know email process and Facebook marketing and a lot of that. For up until this point, Mind Pump is not marketed. We have not. We spend a single dollar yeah, on marketing. We haven't, we haven't done any sort of marketing or advertising to get our name out there, to get our programs out there. It's been 100% organic up to this point. Finally, we're in a position where we can actually throw some money at that side of the business. So that's happening right now too. So uh, there's a lot of good things that are, I think, feeding all of it that, that causes that. So what's not going well for Mind Pump right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right away, right away where we struggle. Systems. We are not, we do not lack in um, 
vision. We do not lack there. We do not lack in uh, direction. If we lack anywhere, it's it's execution, and not because we're not we don't execute things well. Because never have I think any of us faced something so big that has so mm-hmm. many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Kind of touching on what Justin said earlier about having so many irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. Right now, we sometimes can be like a kid in a candy store mm-hmm. because we're loving everything that's happening, and it's like you know we meet some like say we meet someone like you right now, right? And you're sharing a part of your business that you have a lot of success with. Maybe you tell us like man, guys, I've been doing this and that's where I make most of my money. And we're like, mm. fuck, we're not even doing that. And we're yeah. like, oh, and then we all go Let's back. Let's start it. Then we all yeah. go back and yeah. we're like, dude, we got, we got to do what Vinny's saying. Here we all, man, Vince has got all this stuff going for him. The idea fairy. Right, yeah. exactly. So we, we, I think in the last couple of years, we, we caught ourselves doing that a lot, getting distracted, um, not sticking to the one or two things that we're working on and getting great at it. So that is something that Mind Pump doesn't do well. We do not... Uh, we do not just focus on one thing. We tend to get distracted a lot, but it's also our strength, right? Because I think mm-hmm. we're all visionary. We all can see beyond where we're at currently, but I would say that's probably where we, we suck. <laughs> no, that's great. I appreciate you guys sharing that. What are you guys looking forward to? What's Mind Pump looking forward to most these days? Uh, well, in the immediate future, we're really looking forward to uh, talking about uh, more and more about things that are not fitness related. That doesn't yes. mean we're adu- doesn't mean we're abandoning fitness that's our core uh, as we love to talk about uh, health and wellness and fitness but we also like to talk about a lot of different things that we're passionate about and our show is naturally segmented that way where if you listen to our 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 q a episodes which are our most popular ones the first half of the show is usually us talking about whatever's on our mind bullshitting joking it's comedy it's you know current events it's whatever and then the second half is fitness so we're looking forward to to doing more of that, we're looking forward to get having guests on the show that are not in the fitness industry. So we had Matt Kibbe on recently, who's a libertarian thinker and, and uh, you know and writer. So we talked to him. We had Brendan Schaub on, who you know is a host of The Fighter and the Kid. We just we were just on Drama's podcast. He has obviously the Young and the uh, Reckless, his clothing company, and he's in that whole world. And he was in he was in you know uh, reality TV for a while with you know Robin Big. And so we're looking to move at, you know move out. Of fitness as well. Yeah. Talk to people who we think are cool, who are interesting, yeah. who maybe have nothing to do with fitness, but we think will bring value to our audience. Very cool. Guys, thank you so much for having me in your home, yeah. <laughs> temporary home, hanging out here in Tampa for the first time. This is the first time we all got to meet. And uh, guys, it's been a pleasure, man. You have a new fan. And appreciate uh, I, it. I think my advice for you guys is just keep doubling down on what you guys are doing. Right Excellent. Right Excellent. Thanks, Double down on what Looking forward to having you on the show now. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right. All right guys. Thank Thanks, you. Sir. Love this episode of the Vince Del Monte podcast? Then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. And most importantly, it will help us spread the M5 mission to other men like us dedicated to maximizing and mastering the five M's of manhood. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak soon.